Hello, and welcome to The Executive Appeal, a show that convenes the world's most powerful and successful leaders to share mentoring and career advancement advice to help you successfully transition into senior level executive positions. I'm your host, Alex Trimble, award-winning speaker, author, and leadership expert with over a decade of experience coaching and advising some of our nation's most senior level government leaders. So if you're ready to reach your goals, let's get started. Hello, everyone. This is Alex Trimble, and thank you so much for joining us on the Executive Bill Podcast. As you know, this show, along with all of our speaking, coaching, and consulting services, are laser-focused on helping organizations prepare high-performing leaders from all backgrounds to successfully transition to and excel in VP and senior VP executive-level positions. And if you and your organization are serious about developing diverse and highly effective executive leadership teams, then yeah, you're in the right place. And two, I encourage you to reach out to us at gpsleadership.org or reach out to us at team at gpsleadership.org so we can discuss how we can work together to help you reach your organization's leadership and culture elevation goals. Next, the executive pill is now one of the top 5%, yes, 5% most popular shows in the world. And this didn't happen by accident. It was you who made this happen. It will be you who decides the continued success of this show. So please, if you enjoy this content, if you're growing and learning with us and you want this to keep growing and do us a favor, please click that like button. Please subscribe. Please share your thoughts and questions in the comment section and be sure to share this episode with at least one or two of your colleagues today. Finally, I am so excited, so excited to announce that my new book, Relationships That Work, Four Simple Steps to Building Intentional Connections in Business and in Life is now available for purchase on Amazon.com. Look, if you're an ambitious leader who inspires to rise to the most senior executive level positions within your industry, this book will provide you with the step-by-step process to making your career dreams a reality. Seriously, if you are tired and frustrated because you're doing everything you possibly can to gain the influence to get your next promotion, but you're just not receiving the results that you're looking for, you really need to read this book today. So click on the link in the description below to purchase your copy of Relationships That Work, Four Simple Steps to Building Intentional Connections in Business and in Life so that you can learn how to build the powerful network of leaders to help you reach your personal and professional goals. (laughs) Now, with no further ado, let me say, today, today is a good day. See, today we have the always wonderful, the always awesome, the always authentic Miss Erica Rooney. Erica serves as the Chief People Officer at Blue Acorn ICI. She is a member of the awesome organization, Chief. She's the host of the podcast From Now to Next and a wife and mom of two beautiful little kids. Erica has over 15 years of experience in varying areas of human resources, employee engagement, health and wellness, and employee experience. Her passion lies in elevating the employee experience through the holistic approach, focusing on growth and development, connecting passion with purpose, and aligning career with core value. She lives in the Research Triangle Park area of North Carolina, you'll hear this in a second, with her husband, Dan, and her two beautiful kids, Hudson and Haley. She enjoys running half marathons and reading historical fiction novels. Novels. With no further ado, how are you doing today, madam? I am fabulous. It's so good to be here. How are you? I 
I am well rested. Liar. <laughs> <laughs> liar, liar, pants on fire. Come on now. See, the crowd doesn't know this. This, this inside well, the crowd thing. about to find out. <laughs> Alex well, is a new dad. Oh, and this little, you know, so weird. I was telling you, it's so weird. Like, I love this guy. He's only been around for a little bit, but he is just so freaking awesome. And though he like cries and just yells and yells um, and poops and all those good things, I, I can't stop loving him. It's, it's so weird. It's it always reminds me of the Grinch movie where like the heart just grows, you know, and it expands. <laughs> That's always what it goes to because it's not ever like there's not enough room for it. your love just expands. And so it's such an exciting time for you. I'm so happy. Thank you so much, Eric. And I, honestly, I love that you brought this up because I have a question for you. Um, as I have been going down this journey as a new dad. Um, one of the things, maybe it's just in the movies. I used to see pe- movies and people like really frustrated when babies were crying. Um, and like, you know, like they're, they're tired and they're annoyed and like, why won't this baby stop crying? I'm doing everything I can. And, and that hasn't been my personal experience. And, and I say that because the way I've been looking at it is this is the only way this baby knows how to communicate. He's not saying I'm a bad parent. He's not saying that you're horrible and you're dumb. It's like, I'm hungry. Um, I want to be held. I, I, I want to be fed. Um, I, I got a poopy diaper. This is the only way he knows how to communicate. So I, I'm not I'm not taking it personally and I'm not holding it against him. And it makes me think about the quote unquote real world that we, not real world, but you know, the business where we think in, we live in, because sometimes people are communicating with us in a way that we don't like. It doesn't make us feel good. And we take it personally. And, and sometimes the person doesn't mean it, but that's, that's the only way they know how to communicate. I'd love to just hear your thoughts from this, this experience I'm having. Well, I think it's very interesting, your choice of words. And I'll dive into that because you said it's the only way he knows how. This baby's what, a few days old? He doesn't know anything, okay? It's the only way he can communicate. Mm. And that is the exact same way for people in the workplace. Sometimes the way people communicate with you Maybe great, maybe not so great. It might be the only way they can communicate because it is the only way they have been taught over time. Mm -hmm. So that's what I find very fascinating just about the word choices here. And what's also interesting too is this tiny little baby that you have, every time he cries and you feed him or change him or rock him or comfort him, you are now solidifying those neural pathways, which are days old about if I do this, then I get this response from Mm -hmm. someone, right? Mm -hmm. I'm hungry, I cry, I get fed. Yeah. And they learn these things. So I love talking about this and it's a perfect example, but our minds do this constantly. And right now your son has this blank slate about all of the things. So it's so important from day one, right? That we start teaching him that, yes, I am here to take care of you and I am here to protect you and I will do all of these things. And as he grows and develops and learns a language, those neural pathways about your love and connection will already be in place. Dude, I mean, again, this is why I love chatting with you. I love chatting with you. So, I mean, you just to continue on that, that this, this line of thinking, it then makes me think about the, the habits that my wife and I are already worried about. Like if we do something so many times, will he become dependent on it? Will he, um, well, he become a habit where he can only do this or only wants this or that. And it makes me think again about the workplace and that how we respond to people um, and how they interact with us 
creates an, an ex- expectation, right? Baby cries, we do something, he learns, oh, if I want something, I'm going to cry. Um, and I do it. So let's think about the workplace. Are there ever times when there are, let's say, not positive behaviors that leaders react to and then actually feed into those negative behaviors continuing? Well, absolutely. Absolutely. And it goes all sorts of ways. So for example, if you have an employee that maybe has a bad behavior, like coming in late every single day, and you do nothing as a leader to say, hey, our expectation was that you're here at nine, you weren't here at nine. They then learn very quickly, it's okay if I don't come in at nine, I can Mm -hmm. come in at 10 or 11 or whenever I feel like it, because they're not saying anything. Then other people start to see that and they think, great, I can come in too at 10, 11, 12 o'clock. And now you have this whole dysfunctional workforce. So you see that from the employees, if they have bad behavior and you don't respond and set set expectations. And then you also have that in the instance of if you present yourself as a leader that, let's say, yells or raises their voice when Mm -hmm. someone does something incorrect, they notice your reaction very quickly. And then they know instinctively, I can't trust that person or I can't trust Mm. to make a mistake. I can't trust a fail here, right? And and it's such a buzzword, you know, fail, face your fears, all of these things, which I wholeheartedly embrace. Mm -hmm. But if you are in an organization that does not truly back that up by saying, okay, yeah, that didn't work. What are we going to do this time? Then you're not going to embrace that. So I had one employee, she came from a completely different industry, used to hide her mistakes from me all the time. And what ended up happening is those mistakes, she would attempt to fix them because she was so terrified that she made a mistake that she would get in trouble and it made the mistake worse. And then we would find out and I was like, why didn't you tell me? Now we have all these other things that we Mm -hmm. have to fix. And now that she's been with me for, oh gosh, almost two years now, she's, she's recognized that it's okay to fail and make the mistakes, right? And when she comes to me and I was so proud of her the first time she did it, she was like, I did this and like, oops. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, did you do steps one, two, and three to fix that? And like, let's make sure we talk to this other person so they can make sure they fix it on their end too. And she's like, oh no, I didn't do that. I'm like, cool, great, do that. Guess what? Nobody got hurt. Nobody died. The business didn't explode. And then we had that moment and I waited another couple days and Mm -hmm. I had a second follow-up meeting with her. And I said, I just want to take a minute to let you know how proud I was that you, that you came to me and that you said your mistake. I said, because you never used to do that. You used to try to fix it on your own. And that's not the point here. You know, we're not here to do this by ourselves. And I'm never going to get mad at you for coming to me and saying that you did a mistake. I'm going to get mad at you if you try to cover it up and you don't tell me and I have to hear about it from somebody else. <laughs> you know, I, I love what you, I love that you went in that direction because like you said, it's not only on the, the, the behaviors that are not wanted in the workplace, but it's also the behaviors that are wanted, right? You have to reinforce those. You know, if you have a great employee doing something, you can't just say, oh, well, good, they, they were supposed to do that. Like, you should call them out. Say, like I said, I was proud of you. Thank you so much. That was really helpful. And then they know, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to keep doing this. I, so I love that. And then you, you, you brought up the, um, I was telling my wife the other day, Again, all this baby talk. Um, if you remember the, oh my God, what's it called? Um, the baby baby powder, um, Johnson & Johnson yeah. thing. Now, again, yeah. I'm not going to talk about the details of it, but they got in a lot of trouble. But one of the things that made it worse was not, not that they had an issue with their formula, was that they tried to cover it up, right? Absolutely. That they knew. So the cover-up is, I, there's a quote, right? right? 
the cover-up is always worse than the initial infraction, right? And so we have to, as leaders, be willing to create these environments where it's not just saying, oh yeah, fell, fell fast, fell early. Yeah, like saying that doesn't mean anything if you're not backing it up and providing the space to, to fail and say, hey, great job. How did you do this? You know, what can you do differently? Like coaching them through that process, you know? Well, and one thing I want to hone in on is that every single employee that you have is going to be different because we mm. all have different lived experiences. If my last supervisor yelled at me and berated me every single time I made a mistake, I would be terrified. And my brain would be constantly trying to protect me and saying, yeah, don't own up to that here. Try to fix it. Try to fix it. You need to fix it. Right. But if I come from a background where I feel supported in my failures, then I will be way more confident in coming forward and saying, hey, I made this mistake. And one of the areas of HR and corporate culture that I'm really kind of diving into and exploring is this whole DEIB space. And I am looking at it through the lens of, I think we're missing a big chunk of DEIB in that we are talking a lot about race, ethnicity, uh, and all that, which is super important and very necessary because representation matters. But there's also so much under, like layers and layers under, which is what I'm looking at as the human experience, which mm. is the lived experience of all these people. We have such a huge workforce and so many different areas of people that we are not even touching on in the workforce, like mm-hmm. fears of failure, neurodivergence, alcohol yeah. and addiction, like all of these are aspects of the human that impacts how they show up at work that we're not even touching on. So I kind of took a hard left there. But when we were talking about these lived experiences of people, right, which does take into account like our race and our ethnicity and our upbringing, all of that, right? But I could have an identical twin, Erica, sitting next to me that completely had a whole different lived experience. And they are going to show up to the same job completely differently. Yeah. I, I want to continue talking on that thread. I, I want to say one thing because you, you said so much. So you, you make me think of a concept that I've been thinking about. I've never said it publicly. I want to let's get myself in trouble. Um, let's go. Um, so it's the concept of the of the bad relationship. So, you know, they are going to probably be really careful saying this. I don't get people get upset with me. Um, but you say a guy or a gal or somebody, you say somebody um, gets into a relationship with somebody else. And they have the ability and the relationship just isn't clicking because the other person doesn't trust them or does things that are weird, right? And it's not that that person's bad, but it's because the relationship prior, they had to, they had to act like that to survive, to protect themselves because it wasn't a great relationship, right? But now the new person they're with is dealing with all of those, those mm-hmm. challenges, baggage. All, all the baggage. So mm-hmm. take that from a quote unquote personal relationship to an employee-employer relationship, and you have leaders who, unfor- who, who have to manage people who maybe had a bad leader before, and the bad leader didn't trust people, or they yelled at people, things like that, so they had to protect themselves. They, maybe they didn't share all the information. They, they documented everything, and now you've been- I was just about it. to say, Alex, how many times <laughs> have you been like, well, I'm gonna get that in writing, and like cover mm-hmm. you know, YA trail, right? Mm-hmm. Like, why, why do we need CYA trails? Sometimes we do, because of bad relationships. Exactly. So my, my, my question here, and then we're going to go back on that, that broader topic you were just talking about is like, I speak to so many leaders who are dealing with situations like they, they're doing everything they can to be 
inclusive, to be authentic, to, to, to provide trust and autonomy. But they're, the, the person before just, you know, they, they had a bad boss or a bad situation before. And now they're being drained as a leader. Like, I, so what would you say to that leader? Like they're doing everything they possibly can, but the person has baggage. Listen, it can be really hard. And I had my first experience with that maybe two years ago. And it was really hard because I felt like I was showing up as a good leader. I was being honest. I was setting clear expectations. And this person just was not meeting my expectations. And we would have open conversations about that. And it was this constant back and forth. And after doing a ton of digging and like just really trying to get to the bottom of things with this person, I recognized that it wasn't about me. It was about what that person had experienced at previous companies. And it was also about a lot that was going on in that person's personal life, Mm -hmm. right? Because Mm -hmm. going back to baggage, you can't leave your baggage at the door, Mm -hmm. right? Like you have to show up fully as your whole self every single day. You don't get to be like, well, I had a bad day at home. So I'm going to drop, drop that baggage at the door. No, you show up pissed off, right? Because your spouse did whatever. I don't know. You know, your kids were a mess. All of that comes with you to work. And this person was really struggling in her home life and it was showing up, you know, and it was just seeping out. And she and I ended up having a really hard conversation where I was like, look, I'm going to put it all out there. Like, this is what I think that you can do in this role. And I am here to support you and whatever that looks like. But you're at a crossroads and you either need to take a left and come with me or you need to go right. And that's find a different opportunity. Right. Mm -hmm. Because I'm putting it all out there. And sometimes it comes to that. And what I will say is that person really had to sit with that for Mm -hmm. a while. And as a leader, I gave her the space to sit with that because you also can't Mm -hmm. rush that. You can't be like, all right, give me an answer by lunch. okay? because we got (laughs) another. So you have to give them the space Mm -hmm. to sit with those thoughts and those ideas. And what do they want to do? Right. Maybe it's not the right time for them to step up. Maybe they can't. I don't know. So you give them the space and you be that leader to be supportive and you can set your own expectations of, you know what, I'm going to give this person a week. And yeah, at the end yeah. of that week, we'll have another discussion. And this person, they turned it around. They, you know, pulled themselves up by the bootstraps and they were like, okay, this is what I want. This is where I'm going to be. And yeah. that person is still on my team today. Awesome. And we have a great relationship and things are very positive and they're moving in the right direction. But when you are that leader and you're like, I don't understand, I'm providing these opportunities, I'm open, but they're not sharing or they're not doing this. Like sometimes it's not about you. Are you ready to bring your DEI efforts to the next level? Introducing Alex Tremble a professional speaker who combines expertise and entertainment to create an unforgettable experience for DEI professionals and organizing staff. With a focus on leadership, mentorship, and relationship building, Alex is dedicated to helping organizations attract, develop, and retain diverse and high-qualified leaders. From the 12 pillars of an effective mentoring relationship to the seven must-have leadership skills, Alex provides practical advice that can be immediately implemented. Don't miss out on the opportunity to have Alex at your next event. Contact team at alextrimble.com to book the speaker who will take your organization's diversity and inclusion journey to new heights. Hold up. 
Hold Most up. Of the time it's Som- <laughs> Sometimes it's not about what? What? <laughs> you gotta leave that ego at the door, y'all. That is crazy. What's it called? You know, uh, there, oh my God, there's so many things I want to talk to you about. Um, okay. How, how about really quickly? Um, I'd love to get your thoughts on like, how do you build mutually beneficial and intentional relationships with someone who you don't like? or who doesn't like you. I, I'm going to give you a little preface. I've been, so this is what I focus on in my practice, helping people build these relationships and navigate political environments uh, within their organizations, right? And I was talking to um, Chief uh, Chico, human, Chief Human Capital Officer of a large organization. He was like, yeah, like this, one of our biggest problems is that you know, when we elevate people to those, those chief roles, those senior executive roles, it's a different game. Like you have powerful people, everyone in the room, has a level of power and a level of the chip on the shoulder because they had to have it to get to that level. So that's one of their biggest challenges. And that's why organizations bring me in to help them build those leaders and those capacities. How would you, how do you go about building relationships with people either you don't like or who don't like you? Oh, I feel like that's a loaded question. (laughs) (laughs) And it's, it's necessary, right? I tell people all the time, you're not a buffet. You're not here to serve everybody and not everybody's going to like you. But if you are going to be successful, you've got to have executive presence, right? And that executive presence, a piece of that is showing up authentically, being able to build relationships. And I think a piece of that is recognizing that you also don't have to like everybody. You know, if you can recognize that, number one, you're not going to like everybody and everybody is not going to like you, but we do have to work well together. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. we are all going after the same goal. If you can get everybody on that page, you can drive the boat forward. What ends up happening in a lot of these C-level positions is you have somebody who says they're on your same page, but they're really rowing in the opposite direction. (laughs) And I have seen that too. And that's where you get that real big culture problem and and the dissonance going on. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm a big fan of feedback. and. I am a big fan of listening to people's feedback. And I'm also a fan of recognizing that not all feedback is good feedback. And I'll Mm -hmm. give you an example. So when I first started in my executive role, I did a 360 review as part of my leadership development. And for the most part, got great feedback about where I could work on, what opportunities I could, you know, strengthen and, and where I really shined. And there was this one piece of feedback that said, Something about, you know, if Erica toned down her message a bit, she would be better received. And I, of course, I ignored all the other feedback. And that was the only piece that mattered. (laughs) So I was like, oh, my God. And I felt like I needed to shrink myself. I am a loud person. I am extra. I always say E is for extra. Like, that is just me. I I say all the time to my husband, he's like, tone it down. I'm like, if you want less, you can go find less. You know, (laughs) I'm extra. That's just me. And I felt in that one instance that I had to shrink myself to fit this little executive box that I Mm. wasn't showing up and I wasn't going to be effective. And that stuck with me for a little bit. And I was telling my mom about it. And she was like, what the heck? Uh -uh." Like, let that go. She's like, that's what got you here. You know, there's that big thing of like, what got you here won't get you there. Mm -hmm, And I mm -hmm. believe that, but it is what got you here. And that was a big piece of who I was. Now, what that piece of feedback did is it taught me how to work with that person, right? Mm. I'm not a quiet person. I don't tone down. But when I worked with that person, I did. 
And some people will tell you like, oh, you're being a chameleon, you're changing yourself. No, I'm working effectively with people. I have the emotional intelligence to tone it down so that I can get what I want out of this relationship, which is a collaborative working environment. It's not changing who I am. I, I, I love it. I actually, it's funny, I actually talk about that in the, the book, Relationships at Work, with the, the point of the 360 degree assessment. So again, I'm an IO psychologist. So I, I grew up doing all this assessment and whatnot. And the one thing that I learned, you know, the last few years, well, a number of years ago now, is 360 degree assessments can't be used all the time. And they, here's, here's my point. If you tell your, your team and people around you to assess someone on their communication skills and they, they assess them, hey, here's the feedback and so on and so forth. Um, is it the same amount of data? Is the same quality of data? If you haven't first figured out if those people assessing know how to communicate effectively, right? And you can have people who are, <laughs> exactly. so now you have people who are ineffective communicators saying, hey, this person's a horrible communicator or a great communicator. So I, I, for those purposes, I'm really hesitant on using 360 degree set assessments, but I think they're a great tool for identifying perceptions, right? Mm -hmm. Because if someone says you're a great, you're horrible or a great communicator, doesn't mean they're right or wrong, but it does mean that this is how they see you. And now you have yes. the ability to say, oh, okay, well, do I want to do something about this? Like you said, do I want to change how I'm communicating? You may have said yes, you may have said no, but now you have the choice, the information to make that decision, you know? Absolutely. And where I find a lot of like the pushback that I get when I tell this story is like, oh, you're changing yourself, you know, to fit this. And I'm like, oh, not at all. Yeah. I know exactly what I am doing when I show up to mm -hmm. have a conversation with this person. And I know exactly what I need to do to get what I want out of this relationship, mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. know? So it's all about showing up like that. And guess what? At the end of the day, I'm the one with the emotional intelligence, you know, being the air quote adult in the room to show up and drive the business forward, right? Yeah. And so the more that you can look at what the feedback is that you're getting, take what works for you mm -hmm. and look at the rest as a gift of how to better work with somebody, then all feedback is a gift, right? So even that feedback that is not good feedback is still a gift. So I have to I have to squeeze this in. I know we're getting to a point where I, you, you got you got to jump out, but how does this and in, in your thoughts relate to sticky floors? And we're not talking about sticky floors in regards to the movie theater, everyone. Just FYI. Okay, please, Ms. Erica, will you talk about your concept of sticky floors? Yes. So I talk about sticky floors all day long, and I'm a mom. So most people are like, "Oh, what do you clean with?" <laughs> no, I don't clean the floors. My husband does that. Okay. Thank you. Sticky floors for me are the limiting beliefs and the toxic behaviors that keep us from busting through the glass ceiling. And what I mean by that is there are so many isms out there in the world. There's racism, sexism, ageism, ableism, and those things weight us down. But there is so much that is within our internal control that keeps us weighted down that we can break free from through the use of what I call my SNAP method, which is stop name it, ask me some really tough questions, and then pivot your mindset so that you can break through the glass ceiling. So those sticky floors can show up like perfectionism, imposter syndrome, fear, burnout, too much wine, a toxic relationship, you name it. I probably had it. It's, <laughs> it's there, but we have so much more control than we give ourselves credit for. 
And if you are in a toxic relationship or a toxic work environment and you sit there and you say, well, I can't do anything because my boss is like this, you still have the choice to be in that room or not. Mm. And I'm not saying quit your job. You know, we all got bills to pay, right? What I'm saying is then take the steps necessary to get out of that room, fix up that resume, apply for a job. You have control over your life, right? So clean up your sticky floors, focus in on what those limiting beliefs are that are holding you back. And you'll climb any corporate ladder in a matter of minutes. Erica, you know, uh, my, I love what you said so much. So my, my wife and I were having a dim sum a few months ago. And this guy, we were trying not to make eye contact because we could see he wanted to talk to us the next day. Oh, yeah. Like he really wanted to talk to us. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like intentionally. And all of a sudden I accidentally made that eye contact. He was like, hey, how you doing? And he started talking to me. And he starts telling me about how, um, how his childhood was really rough and how I don't understand how it is to grow up where he was and so on and so forth. And there, there was no choice. You know, when you grow up in this environment, there's just no choice. And I said, well, you know, sir, like, you know, there, there is a choice. You know, there's not, you know, when, when things are this rough and I'm like, well, no, I mean, I, I'm with you. Like, it's, it's absolutely rough. I, I know people in some really messed up situations um, and there's always a choice. It could be uncomfortable choice. It could, maybe that's not the choice you want, but ultimately you have a choice. And I, 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 try, to con, I try to convey that to everything, everyone I coach and, and mentor as well is that, you know, things, you can control you. If you don't like a situation, it, 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 it's great to say, oh, the, that person doesn't like me and they're, they're not supporting me and they never want to elevate me and so on and so forth. But what are you doing to change that situation? Even if it is, maybe they are being an a-hole. Great. Cool. If you can't change it, what does it matter? What are you doing yourself to position yourself to, to get to where you want to be versus just stick around and complain? I'm sorry I'm being real everyone right now, but I'm not sorry. I'm being real everyone right now. Like if you want something different, you have to be willing to do something different to get it. Sorry, and I got on my that soapbox. Yeah, no, I'm completely right there with you because I have heard so many people say, well, I can't do this or they won't let me do that or whatever. The situation mm -hmm. is, but if, the truth is, if you are a, you know, healthy adult, right, you have the capability to change anything, where you live, what you do, your education. Mm -hmm. And again, it will be super easy for some, and it will not be easy for others. There mm -hmm. is privilege. People have privilege all over the place, Absolutely. right? That does exist, but it doesn't mean that it stops you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was thinking about, um, oh my God, um, Mayor Bilal Bethune. Um, Carter G. Woodson, Frederick Douglass. Um, uh, there, there's so many names right now. I'm just thinking about literally phenomenal African-American leaders who, who were around during like real slavery and then like real, real segregation, right? Like yeah. they would sit up here and pull up and you know, try to lynch someone for doing something crazy or not even doing something crazy, right? Um, right. And for walking down the street. Still, <laughs> yeah. And they were still able to become banking leaders still be able to you know, run their own organizations and businesses you know like there's the possibility yes it's hard I mean, i'm not saying i'm not downplaying anyone's challenges but i can I, what i do want to make the point is that if you want something if you really want it don't let someone else decide whether you can have it right i know we're supposed to be wrapping up here but now you got me going down a different road <laughs> and i want to talk about the power of visualization for one second mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. some people think that this is such a foo-foo exercise and like okay if i visualize that right like having millions of dollars then that's not going to happen 
No, you got to work for it, right? Yeah, yeah. When your brain, when you really visualize everything using all of your senses, what it feels like inside, what it feels like on the outside, what it smells like, what it looks like, the experience of it, the brain actually does not know the difference from a visualized experience to a real experience. But until yeah. you start actually visualizing some of those experiences, they will never happen. And when I was studying a lot of this kind of quantum physics aspect of the things, I really honed in on uh, Martin Luther King Jr., right? Who visualized that mm -hmm. we would have this life where little brown and black kids could play with little white kids and they wouldn't be, it would just be a normal thing, right? Mm -hmm. Do you think that happened anywhere else before he had that visualization? Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. But you have to sit there and you have to visualize it and believe it. And then you got to do yeah. the work. Yeah. And that work is not easy. I don't think anybody could sit there and say, well, what he did was easy. No, mm -hmm. he had to go against everyone and what they thought and what they knew and what they believed and what they had grown up with and what they mm -hmm. had experienced to get us to a place where now we can live like that. So, I, amen. I Hey, church, we, we over here, we, we have in church. Now everyone we have in church over here was called. <laughs> I know, right? We, I told you I was going to go. <laughs> Pull me back. Pull me back. I, oh, you know okay, I, I, I got to say, go on. I was just going to say those big dreams and stuff, like they can happen. They're not going to oh. happen overnight. And it's going to take work and sometimes decades and generations, mm -hmm. right? But it's mm -hmm. not going to happen unless you take control over it and put one foot in front of the other. And and one last thing I'm gonna say on this, I know you you're, you're supposed to be jumping off the line to go talk to Elon Musk or something. What's called? <laughs> I, not him. I'll tell you that. Well, maybe, maybe not Elon. I can't use that <laughs> one. Not, not right now. Anyways, I was talking to someone the other day. Like, oh, you're gonna talk to Kanye? They're like, eh, not not right now. Like, they, yeah, he's not. You don't not, let him uh, come back around. Do a little yeah. work on himself first. <laughs> but you know, he, he, what, one of the things again, I love to focus on when you're talking about relationships, you're talking about building connections, whether with your, your staff, with your, your clients, whether with community stakeholders, whatever it is, what you're talking about is, is some degree of influence, of, of influencing people, not in a bad way, just, you know, because the whole point of leadership is to influence someone to, to do something, right? The same thing for, for a relationship. You want to build a relationship where each of you are able to influence each other in a, in a healthy, ethical way to, to, to ultimately arrive at a certain solution that benefits everyone, right? And when you think of MLK, it you just you brought home the point for me that ultimately he had the vision, he had he had the the motivation, he was able to influence people. But when it came down to it, he was able to build very intentional connections and relationships because he could not have done that alone. Nope. He had to bring so many people on that ride with him whether it be the, the boycotts, the, the bus, uh, protests, marches, it wasn't, it, 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 he couldn't have done it by himself. He had to be able to establish relationships and connections with people who could help move this movement with him, whether it be people who liked him or didn't like him, whether it be people in, in, in Congress, whether it be people in business, whether it be people in, you know, who were just living on you know, the day-to-day -day as normal, quote-unquote, people. It's, it's all about how can we build relationships with those people and in bring those masses together, bring our teams together, bring our colleagues, our customers together to ultimately achieve a particular outcome, you know? And can I tell you what the building block of influencing people mm. is? Is believing the best. Oh, absolutely. Because absolutely. so many people go in with this 
complete opposite, right? Or, yeah. or yeah. let's say you look at me sideways when we logged onto this podcast, right? Because you're tired, because you're a new dad. And I'm like, well, he's a jerk, right? Like, I'm, I don't even know why I'm here. <laughs> no, maybe believe the best. Maybe sit there yeah. and say, you know what? Maybe he's tired and he didn't get sleep. What can I do to serve him today? And taking it back to MLK, he believed the best in humankind, right? He didn't mm-hmm. see it every day, but mm-hmm. he showed up and he believed it every day. And you use that S word too. You use that S word. I, I got to say it. Service, right? Mm-hmm. Serving others. I, I, I truly do believe that the foundation of any healthy relationship is service. Providing some way of providing, providing value to someone. I always say my wife doesn't love me just because I'm me. She loves me because I do things to help, that makes her happy. I support her. And I love and I love her for the same thing. She, she, she's there for me when I have a shoulder to cry on, whatever it is. Like it's about providing value, service to other people. And again, this is not being used. I'm not saying everyone should go up there and get used because I do believe that relationships where it's only one-sided consistently over a period of time, that doesn't, that's not a healthy relationship. Um, I know people who who are just the kindest people. I know an executive who is a really kind individual. And I, I was I was trying I'm coaching and mentoring him. And I'm like, hey, this guy that you have on your staff, he's not looking out for your best interest. No, no, no. Yeah. He wouldn't do that. He wouldn't do that. And just kept supporting me, elevating the guy <laughs> and found himself out of a job. The other yeah. guy circumvented him, got got his mm-hmm. boss to get rid of him, and he became the new person. It's like mm-hmm. you. You have to be eyes wide open. Um, so it, 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 yes, you want to be great and think the best of people, but you also have to be eyes wide open. And so again, as you get to those levels, we, me and Erica were talking about, there's there's heavy hitters out there who who don't always have the best interest of the organization at heart. Maybe it's just their own professional career and you may be in the way of what they want. Um, so I know I've been talking a lot. Miss Erica, I like to open the floor to you. Is there anything you'd like to share as we begin to wrap up? You know, I would love for people to connect with me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. I put so much out there that I think is just amazing for people in their leadership journeys. And I share a lot about myself because for me, knowing that someone else has been through it really helped me on my journey. So connect with me there. I have a book coming out in November. Yes, called Glass Ceilings and Sticky Floors. Awesome. I will have all of that information all over my socials, but follow me on the podcast from now to next, and I will see you there. So, you know, I'm going to have to get your book. We're going to read each other's books so we can have another Amen. conversation about right. how- part two. I'm looking forward to it. Hey, everyone, you know where I'm going with this. Um, did you find something of value? Did, did anything sit on your heart today? Well, if it did, then don't keep it to yourself. Don't just look back, reach back, bring someone else to the table, bring this content to them. Because if, if it helped you in any way, I promise you, I promise you, it's going to help someone else. So make sure you click the like, subscribe, click, take, the, take the, um, the, the share button. If you're on LinkedIn, please, please share your thoughts and comments, push back. We'd love to hear if your, the ideas that we shared today were of value to you. And then finally, um, my new book, Relationships at Work, please, 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 I'm telling you, this book will help anyone. Anyone who's interested in building intentional relationships with their team members, with their customers, with their stakeholders, with senior leaders to position yourself for your next opportunity, this book is a book that you need to read. No, no, sorry. This book is the book you need to read in regards to that. So Relationships at Work, available on Amazon. As always, I encourage everyone, 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 stay strong, stay positive, and definitely stay moving.
See ya. Thanks for listening to The Executive Appeal with Alex Trumbull. I invite you to follow The Executive Appeal wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow me, your host, Alex Trumbull, across all socials or via email for exclusive webinars, courses, and speaking engagements on continued topics of executive leadership. So until next time, stay strong, stay positive, and definitely stay moving.